Okay, so we had the question that Rav Papa asked Abaya. We have three arguments between Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Kiva, right? And three arguments, three pieces, three parts in the Torah where Rabbi Yishmael says that when the Torah says do this, it's optional. It's your choice. Rabbi Akiva says you have to. What are the three? The one is warning one's wife to set the soita motion in process. Number two, the idea that a koyen is metame himself. He impurifies himself for the dead for an unmarried sister. And number three... Yeah, yeah, but we're talking about taking care of the, of the burial. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, yeah, but there's seven... There's seven... Yeah, but there's... You're right. There's seven relatives the coin is allowed to become impure for. Otherwise, he stands at a distance. And the third thing is, is working an Evid Kanani, a non-Jewish slave. Rabbi Yishmael says, you can free him if you want. Rabbi Akiva says, you can't. Now, yeah. Like the Truma, if they're unmarried, if the daughter gets married, and doesn't have children gets divorced and she comes back to her father's house yes there yeah, yeah. yeah oh you mean uh, to Matame for her Pastus you're right I have to check that's a good question Pastus you're right okay so now we asked Rav Papa asked Abaya it seems to be interesting that three times Rabbi Shmuel says not an obligation three times Rabbi Kiva says obligation is this an argument in the whole Torah Right? With all positive mitzvahs. So the, yes. So the answer is no. Rather they're arguing by psukim. Here we go. They're arguing in the psukim. So in other words, let's take a look and look through each of the psukim and see why Rabbi Shmuel in each of these three cases says option, Rabbi Kiva says obligation. Now, we're going to see there's a debate amongst how to learn the psukim. We have a rule that in the Torah... We don't have things that are superfluous, right? Because everything's written for a, a reason and to teach us something. However, stylistically sometimes, we may have words in the Torah that get repeated and don't necessarily teach me a halacha. They might teach me something Kabbalistic, but they don't necessarily have to teach me a halacha. So we're going to see over here, this is going to be one of the debates between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shema. Says the Gemara. V'kone is the and you shall warn your wife. Rishus, div Rabbi Shmuel. Shmuel says, you want to warn her, you can. You don't want to warn her, you don't have to. Rabbi Kiva, Mechayva. Kiva says, an obligation. And what would be the logic? Because Rabbi Kiva says, it's a spirit of purity overtaking you, because you hate immorality. Fine. But where do you see that in the Torah? My time to Rabbi Shmuel. What's the reason Rabbi Shmuel? It says, it's optional. Savalah, he hold, ki aitana, like the following b'raise, the sun. Rebbe Leza ben Yaakov says, the Torah has an interesting thing. Since the Torah writes, you're not allowed to hate your brother in your heart. I might think that in the case of a wife, you shouldn't warn her. Why not? What's going to happen? What's going to happen if you warn her? What might you, what so might you transgress? You. you might, exactly, and you might come to hate her. In other words, there's an issue. Maybe if you keep it quiet, you may come to hate her in 
It's interesting, Svara, but if it's in the open, you don't think there's going to be hatred between the two of them. But in your heart. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. But that would be if it's private or public. Let's say you do neither. You don't want it privately, you don't want it publicly. Is there going to be hatred? Maybe not. Maybe jealousy. Oh, that's true. So you might have thought, says Rebelezer ben Yaakov, that it's Osir to Warner because that will certainly lead to hatred. And Talmud Laima, therefore, the Apostle says, V'ovel of that the Apostle of him is spirits of jealousy, but can he warns his wife. Meaning that you're allowed to warn her. So Bishmael says, you might have thought it's Osir to warn her. Therefore, the Torah says, warn her to teach me not that you must, but that you're allowed to warn her. Tell me something. Are you allowed to hate her? No. No. doesn't mean that you're allowed to hate her. It just means that you have the permission to warn her, but at the same time you have to be careful not to hate her. How will you hate her? How will you hate her? If you think she's getting up to mischief and you warn her and shout at her, you may very well come to hate her. You're right, you're right, but it may come, to, it may lead to hatred. You know, Keith, uh, I've seen unfortunately many times with some messy divorces. Yeah. There is severe hatred there. Severe hatred. And the truth is, though, you're not allowed to hate. That's one of the, that's, that's one of the biggest yates people have. They hate someone who they were close to. And then there's a, something, uh, there was a fallout. And then mamish, they won't talk to them, they won't greet them. I'm not because he had relations with her only for enjoyment. Okay. Rabbi Kiva, what do you do with that? Kino No. Rabbi Kiva says, you know what? In the Psukim it says, twice. It says, you shall warn his wife twice. Once to tell you allowed to, and another time to tell you that you must. The fact that it says it twice, right, goes further than Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says, you're allowed to. Rabbi Kiva says, no. There's a mitzvah to warn her. Not to hate her, but to warn her. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Yishmael, what do you do with the second time the Torah says warn her? Since the Torah has to write that he warned her and could be she was guilty. Oh, he warned her and she wasn't guilty. So then it added again that he warned her. In other words, since it has to say, that is a soft fake. There's a doubt. Could be that she committed it. Could be she didn't commit the adultery. Since I have to say both, I mentioned twice that he shall warn her. He'll warn her and could be she did it. He warned her and could be she didn't. Because that's stylistic. You don't learn any new halacha from the second time it says warning. In other words, Rebekah says the fact that the Torah says warn her twice means it's you're allowed to, and it's a mitzvah. Rabbi Shmuel says, no, the first time you learn it's allowance, the second time is in context. You don't learn another halacha. There's a lot of words saying the second time. A lot of True. So it's since I'm learning, you're right, since I'm learning a chiddush from the other part, that now that there's a doubt, what do I do because it's a doubt, right, I can add a few words in, in context to that to crystallize and make it clearer. But I don't have to learn Alokim. That's Rabbi Shema. Yeah? How? You say we tell you what are twice. Yes. Immediately or what are once and then he does later and you want to again. 
No, 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 no. You don't only warn her once, but the Torah says it twice. Why does the Torah repeat and say, she does X and you warn her? Then the next passage of the Torah says, and he, she does X and you warn her. Why does it say twice? So that's the question. So says Rabbi Shmuel, the Katan of Rabbi Shmuel says, the Tan of Rabbi Shmuel, call Pashanim any piece in the Torah that's said and repeated, is only repeated for something that novel that comes from it. But I have something novel that comes from it. And yes, in context, I'm talking about the fact that she may or may not have done it. And there's a doubt. So then I'll add. And the context is, and he wanted. So Ivan doesn't like that because we've been taught, right, we've been taught not that way. But this is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Kiva disagrees. Rabbi Kiva says nothing to do with it. Good. So according to Rabbi Shimon, is going to have to go through all the other pieces. Very good. Says the Gemara. So now, why is there this argument? Because I'm sukkim. Rabbi Kiva says the Pasuk repeats to tell me I'm obligated to warn Rabbi Shimon. says it's a permission. Next. What's the difference? I can choose to warn her or not to go into Rabbi Shema. Rabbi Kiva is, if I have suspicion, I have a mitzvah to warn her. Lot ye Tomah. Right? He should become Tomah for it. The Koyen has to become Tomah for the sister. Rishus, give Rabbi Shema. Rabbi Shema says it's his option. He can if he wants, doesn't have, doesn't want it. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says he's obligated. My time with the Rabbi Shema. The reason Rabbi Shema added, except since the Apostle says, Emo el kohanim bnei Aaron say to the kohanim the sons of Aaron v'omatzlem and say to them, "Lenevishli tomah v'omav." You're not allowed to become tomah for any soul in your nation, which means kohanim are not allowed to what to become tomah with a corpse. They're not allowed to become tomah. Says the says the the pasuk, "Itzrichalemichtav la'yitama." Therefore, the Torah to say, but for her. You do become Tomei. In other words, Rabbi Shmuel is saying that since there's an Isur for a Kayin to become Tomei, here the Torah especially said, become Tomei for her to tell you that, you're allowed to, and it's not forbidden. Not that it's a mitzvah, but I need a Pasuk to allow something that normally is awesome. Rabbi Kiva says, no. Mikim the Shara Nafkala. Nafka. No, you don't have to do that. Why? Because the Torah says, the beginning of Emor, you're not allowed to become Tama for a dead body, but for his relative, he can. And then it adds, for her, the sister, he can become Tama. So why don't he both? Why don't he both? There's an issue to become Tama. Then it says, for family, you become Tama. And then it says, for her, you become Tama. What's for her? She's also family. What's the answer? That's Rebbe Kiva. Rebbe Kiva says, the answer is, when the Torah repeats it again, that you become Tomei, it's telling you you don't have a choice. You have to become Tomei for the sister. Well, we, not it three times. We, we learned something else. Yes. What's that, kids? Who? No, no, no. You become Tomei to bury and then you leave the cemetery. You can't just flap around over there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the time of the base of Migdash, they'd had that. That's right. Yeah, Paraduma and all that. Today we haven't got that. Okay. Well, yeah, nowadays you just leave the cemetery, wash your hands, and finished. Says the Gemara. Right? So, Rebbe Kiva says, therefore we add the other posse to become Tomei for the sister as an obligation. For Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Shmuel. 
what you're going to do with the extra law, Yitama, because he holds it's not an obligation. He says it's coming for a different aloha. La mitma vein mitma la You can make yourself tame for her dead sister, but not for limbs. Oh, oh. So in other words, like this. A limb can also make someone tame. If the limb was, was chopped off, even if a live person or a dead person can make someone tame. Right? So you, uh, correct, correct, correct. That's with blood. There's also a certain visa blood. And uh, not a, was it a grease? It was a soira, the bone. That's the so- There, yes, that's right. That's right. So what, one second. So now what we're saying is like this. Says Rabbi Yishmael, the Kayan whose sister dies, he can metame. But not if her limb has to be buried. If her leg was chopped off, he can't become tame for that. You understand the difference? The allowance of the Torah to become tame of a Kayan is only for the dead relative, not for a limb. That's the difference. Yeah. How come a Kohen can come into close contact when they do the bris? If he, if he can do it. Oh, uh, no, because that's because the foreskin, anyway, it's too small. It's not going to become Tommy. Here we're talking about like chopping off an arm, a leg. Nah, it doesn't, that's not a problem. Good, good, good point, Keith. But, uh, and chopping off a limb, and, I mean, who's going to come into contact with a limb normally? The chev will bury it. And a doctor. And the doctor anyway would be allowed to for bikwach nefesh to save lives. Right? So that's anyway. Okay. No. No. That's not it. There's a certain amount of blood. And also it depends on a dead body or not. But if it's an entire limb, how much is the limb? Um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't say... Yeah, it doesn't say exactly how much. But I think it's got to be significant. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just not sure. I just don't know if that's, I don't know if that's going to become... I don't think that's going to make it tome. If it's that small. But I have to check. Says the Gemara Kiva, How do you learn that Allah? Right, Rabbi Shmuel learned from Lai Tomo. Become Tommy for the dead sister, not for a limb. Where, where do you learn from? Because you learn that you're Tommy's obligation. Let the Torah just write law and be quiet. Torah is talking about becoming Tommy. Torah should say, and for her, full stop. Why does it say, and for her, you become Tommy? We know the context is talking about Tommy. So why does it say, and for her, you should become Tommy? For her is telling only for the whole person. And Mitame is telling me that you need to do it. You don't have a choice. That's what it's coming for. But Rabbi Shmuel says, and this is the rule that Rabbi Shmuel brought before, which Ivan didn't like. I did a cast of law since it wrote law to tell me that you come to me for a cast of Nami Yitma. Also wrote Yitma to tell you that for her you become Tommy, for her the whole body and not the limb. And I don't have to learn out anything extra from that. Any piece in the Torah that was said and repeated. No initiatives, which was only repeated for certain points in it. 
But it's not have to be that you learn out something new from every word. So therefore, Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel says, the extra yitoma is love dafka. It's not necessary to learn from. It's contextual. And Rabbi Kiva says, it's tell me that there's an obligation to become tome for the system. Yeah. So then it's a general all the time, often the Gemara, said, you learn from this why does everyone have to learn that from what you're saying now? You know, that was very, very good question. So the truth is, Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel will only say this in certain contexts. I know. And the question is, where do you draw the line? That's a good question. Tosfos brings something interesting and says the following. One of the differences, fascinating, between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva by becoming Tommy for the, for the sister is what happens if he's already involved in a mitzvah? He's already involved in another mitzvah. I don't know, he's writing Twitter. Yeah? And he hears that his sister dies and there's a funeral. According to Rabbi Shmuel, he should continue finishing the Twitter. According to Rabbi Akiva, he has to stop and he has to go, right? And the Chura, there would also be a difference over here, right? That we'd actually force him. Right? That we'd actually force him. Yeah, so that's true. So freeing a captive something pushes off other things. But over, you're right. But over here, he's just showing that there's alochas. What are you allowed to interrupt? What are you not allowed to interrupt? Okay. Now we come to the slave. You shall work them forever. Rishus, Debra Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says it's optional. So that is by Eved Ivri. We're talking about an Eved Knania. Talking about a non-Jewish slave. Right? The Rabbi So now, Divri Rabbi Shema. Rishos. Divri Rabbi Shema. Rishos says, you're allowed to. Rabbi Kiva Rabbi Kiva says, no, you're obligated to work the slave. You're not allowed to free him. My time with Rabbi Shema. the reason Rabbi Shema. I did exceed Lois Sechayek on The Torah told us that of the seven nations in Eretz Yisrael, when the Jews go in, we have to wipe them out. Man, woman, and child. So you might think, I can't take a slave from them, right? Therefore the Apostle says, You shall work there. So comes along the Torah and says, You're allowed to work them. Which you're allowed to work. You have to kill all of them. What happens if a Moabite arrives in Israel, marries one of the seven nations, a Canaanite woman, and has a child? Do you have to kill that child now? Because the child was a child of a Canaanite mother and a Moabite father. Moabite, you don't have to kill. Canaanite, you do. So the Torah tells us, says Rabbi Shmuel, you don't kill the child. Because the child follows the halacha of his father. If you're a goy, the din follows the father, says Toysus. If you're a Jew, it follows the that's a difference. So therefore, if it's a Canaanite mother and a, another guy's the father, you're allowed to keep the kid and, and, you, and have him as a slave. Shatarash aliknois, you're allowed to buy him, not to kill him. Desanya, minay nechem in umma shabalaknanis. How do I know that a guy from another nation marries a Canaanite? For holy men of Bain, and they have a son. Shatarash aliknois, so if you're ever, you're allowed to buy him as a slave. Talmud Lema, the Possek says, also, 
from the children of the residents who live amongst you. Now the residents, Toysha means someone who comes from elsewhere. Which means a Moabite came and married a Canaanite. They had a child. Mehem Tikmi, you're allowed to marry, you're allowed to buy one of them as a slave. You don't have to kill him. If the father is from another nation. What about the other way around? Canaanite father and another guy is the mother. What do you do with the child now? Child you have to kill because it follows the father. Right? You might think that him you'd be allowed to buy. Who was born in your land. Those who were born in the land, which means the mother came from the Canaanites. But not from those who the permanent residents of the land, which means the father is the Canaanite. That you're not allowed to do. In other words, says Rabbi Ishmael, we have our law. We have to wipe out the seven nations, man, woman, and child. But the Pasuk then says, you, have to, you, you must work them. So make up your mind. Either I have to kill them or I can take them as a slave. Says the Gemara, we're talking about a case. When can you take him as a slave? When the mother's a Canaan, but the father's a goy from elsewhere. He doesn't fall under the law of seven nations. So therefore, when the Torah says you shall work them forever, it means you're allowed to work them forever. You don't have to kill them. But the Brayser says if it's the other way round, if it's a Canaanite father and another goy is the mother, you have to kill the child. There are only a few times in Yiddishkeit we have a mitzvah to wipe out man, woman, and child. Amalek, which was the end of last week's parasha, the seven nations of Canaan that we had to wipe out. And there were certain cases where we needed to wipe out, you know, even the, even the babies. That was Midian, right? We were allowed to leave some of the girls alive. But even the baby boys were killed when we conquered the Midianites because they tried to cause us to sin. Right. But as a rule, we don't kill men, women, and child, but there are cases. Now, I have to... I can't help myself. Rabbi Lef asks a very good question. So what's our problem with the enemies of the Jewish people when they wipe out man, woman, and child of the Jews? The Torah says the cases we wipe out man, woman, and child. What's the difference? Huh? Oh, that's the only answer. The only answer. When you get up and you come before the press and you say, no, this was moral, this wasn't this, End of the day, you can argue back on all of that. He was more cruel, he was less, he taught. The bottom line is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, here you kill, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, here you don't. That's the bottom line. It's the only answer that ever will hold any water. Absolutely. You're right, you're right, but we don't care about that claim. We don't care about that claim because the entire... It's based on Sheker. The whole book is Sheker. But the Maisa, I hear what you say. I hear what you say. Absolutely. And you know what? I'll tell you a secret, Trev. We can argue with them. We'll never convince them otherwise. We will never. You can have all the negotiations, all the discussions, all the professors, all the politicians. You will never convince Yishmael otherwise. No, the Rebbe is going to disagree with that. You will never change Yishmael. I'll tell you a beautiful line that the uh, Chofetz Chaim said. Chofetz Chaim said that you must know